0: The Lord be with you. The continuation of the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank thee, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to babes. Yea, Father, for such was thy gracious will. All things have been delivered to me by my Father The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Today, we celebrate our patron saint, Saint Francis of Assisi, and we give thanks for 74 years of parish ministry under his care. To have a patron saint is basically to kind of become family with that person, kind of like a heavenly big brother, big sister program. So we look to him for nurture, for an example, for guidance and protection, and he watches over us, looks out for us like a big brother and prays for us. We adopt the lessons of his life to take as our example from which to learn several of the famous incidents of Francis's life. Uh, Of those, many of them, one of the best remembered, of course, is his his origin story, you might say, his vision. One day he wandered into a small church outside of town that was named for St. Damien, and he knelt down for prayer. And as you probably know the story, the crucifix over the high altar was in that form of an icon like the one over the door as you enter the nave. Francis perceived that that image of the cross, of Jesus on the cross, it came to life and addressed him. Francis, go and rebuild my house which is in ruins. Like the Lord calling the young Samuel in the temple, he called three times to the young man Francis didn't quite know what to make of it at first. He looked at his surroundings. He was indeed kneeling in a church that was falling apart. The walls had become structurally unsound. The furniture was in a state of disrepair. It had become a small, neglected country chapel. It took some time for Francis to realize that the call of God was much more broad more encompassing than just this little building. The medieval church, universal, was in a state of disrepair. And the builders, the reformers, were needed to fix it up again. Like so many of God's servants before him, Francis said yes to God before he really even understood the question. But that's no real problem. The question, the task, doesn't really matter. All that really matters is our yes to God. Francis did, of course, figure out the big picture and the fullness of God's call as he went along, and he set out to rebuild the church, the universal people of God. Many sermons for this feast day address his call, rebuild my church, as Jesus told him. And the consensus seems to be that he succeeded or at least achieved what God and his providence would have him achieve. But the answer seems to abruptly stop there. If you Google Francis Rebuild My Church, you'll find thousands of hits. Sermons, podcasts, blog posts, Pinterest items, memes, cross stitch patterns, everything. But if you Google How did Francis rebuild the church? You'll find nothing. It just reroutes you to that previous search I mentioned. So this may be a first, who knows? Let's ponder that question. How did Francis rebuild the church? What did he do to fulfill God's call? There's a general sense that he did, of course, but no firm answers out there that I was able to track down. I'm not really sure that I have the conclusive answer, but we can at least look at his life and begin to ponder that question. And first, let, let's begin with the most lovable characteristic of Francis, his Christ-like love for the unlovable, the lowly, the broken. This was a personality trait of his and a response of faith. In his early life, as that kind of a playboy, he had a zesty love for life. He loved the pleasures of life. He wasn't licentious, but he just enjoyed physical things, and he had a very generous heart. At the same time, God was working in his circumstances to expand Francis' love to greater and greater reaches. Francis had plenty of money. He wasn't selfish about it, he was happy to share it. He would rather enjoy it with someone else and he would lavish it upon others, never refusing alms when they were asked for Christ's name. As a young man, Francis wanted glory and battle and so he got himself a, a shiny new suit and fancy set of armor and headed off to battle. On the way, he encountered a man who had fallen into poverty. He was destitute. And so probably without thinking too much about it, he instinctively exchanged his new clothes for the man's shabby clothes. And he lost out on making a good impression for himself. Gradually, God was working in his soul. Francis began to ponder these things in his dreams. And slowly he desired to go fight and win the real battle, which was the victory over (laughs) self-love. Riding along one day in one of the plains of Assisi, he met a leper whose sores were so horrible that it just struck fear in the heart of Francis, a fear that would drive him away instinctively But instead, he faced his fear. He dismounted his horse and he approached the leper. The leper put forth his hand to ask for alms. Francis confronted his fears and embraced and kissed the man. He gave himself over more and more to visiting the sick, to giving alms, to sharing everything that he had without begrudging, without limitation. And this happened before. Francis heard the call of Jesus from the cross in that church. He had been learning to look upon others the way Christ was looking upon him. Christ looked upon the broken and the selfish Francis with love and compassion. After all, he came down from heaven. He got involved personally to forgive sins, to heal the brokenhearted. In order to rebuild the church and change the world, we too, like Francis, must always strive to be more and more like Christ, to see others from the Lord's perspective, to love the broken sinner, to be willing to surrender all for the good of another. St. Paul wrote in Romans 5:8, God demonstrated his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We have to be willing to become saints. And this is how God rebuilds a broken church, with the gift of saints. Like the mortar of the stones, they weld us together and build us up again. Number two, Francis' task and mission was to preach repentance. And he did so relentlessly. And this is where the modern church fails miserably. But then it was failing in Francis's day as well. That's why it was broken. The church was at a, it was turning a corner. It was pursuing reformation. Reformatio was the great herald of the Pope Hildebrand. But to do so, it needed those heralds like John the Baptist, crying out to the world, "Repent! Turn away from your sins." When Pope Innocent III confirmed Francis's order and the rule of his order, he gave the poor brothers one charge, go forth and preach repentance. That's your job. Like then, we live today in an age of corruption, of laxity, moral confusion, doctrinal confusion. I think perhaps we have yet to turn the corner We need those strong voices crying out in the wilderness for repentance. If you looked in the news this week about the church, all you saw were headlines about the Roman Synod, where about how the Pope is now open to non-marital blessing of same-sex unions. In our day, we need a vicar of Christ who speaks for Christ, calling us, all of us, to repentance, calling us to faithfulness, to diligence, beckoning us to the straight and narrow way that leads to eternal life. Instead, all we get is, who am I to judge? Well, excuse me, that's your job. But St. Francis reminds us to preach repentance. This is the call of God. Turn from your evil ways. Aim for the straight and narrow, not for the broad way, which leads to destruction. We live in an age of corruption today, just as he did back then, which is to say we live in an age of indulgence, giving in to our appetites, our passions, our inclinations. And that's precisely when we need to learn to say no, when we need to push back against our impulses. We need to be willing to walk away from them, as the colleague says, to renounce gladly the vanities of this world and to follow in the way of blessed Francis which is none other than the way of Christ. So love the broken like Christ did. Preach repentance like Christ would have us preach. And then third, invite others to the task. This is what we see in Francis' life. He found that rebuilding is something we do together. Francis learned a lesson in that material phase of his response to that vision in the chapel. When he thought the task was to shore up the walls of the Church of St. Damien, he sold the stock of his dad's store so he could pay for the repair work. He stole and sold it. Well, that got him nowhere, except a very resounding beating from his father and being dragged into court. The walls of the church remained in a state of disrepair. And then Francis took a different approach. It wasn't all on him. To rebuild the church, he enlisted the support of others. He begged for alms, not for himself, but for brick and mortar for that little church. He carried the stones for the masons. He did what he could, he did his part in the labor. And when he was begging for alms for the church, he used to say to people, help me to finish this building. One day this will be a monastery of nuns by whose good fame our Lord will be glorified around the world. And soon after, that's exactly what happened. The little church of St. Damien was repaired and it became the chapel of a new order of nuns now called the Poor Clares, founded by his great friend, St. Clare. Too often we tend to live our lives as if we're on our own. I mean, after all, do you think that when Francis had the vision where Jesus told him to rebuild that church which was in ruins, that God was saying, look, I am tired of dealing with this mess. It's up to you now. You're on your own. Hardly, it was just the opposite. God had been looking for someone not to hand off responsibility to, but for someone to join him in his unceasing work of grace, whereby he is constantly making all things new. Christ invited Francis into his work of building his church. Christ invites us into his work of building his church. Remember that st- charter statement of the church in Matthew 16 I will build my church. But if we read between the lines, it's, You will help me build my church. We'll do it together. And the Lord doesn't typically do that through the grand miracles of signs and wonders, He does it through the little miracles of loving us in our brokenness, of calling us to repentance of healing hearts wounded by sin, and of bringing us into his work, of making all things new. Most High Omnipotent, good Lord, grant unto thy people to renounce gladly the vanities of this world, that following the way of Blessed Francis, we may, for love of thee, delight in thy whole creation with perfectness of joy. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.